Hello, and welcome to the High Priestess. Today, we will be talking about divination. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you. So, let's talk divination. Divination is a way to gain insight into a question or situation by way of like occultic and standardized process or ritual. It's used in various forms throughout history and diviners ascertain their interpretations of how the person asking the question should proceed by reading signs, events, omens, or through contact with otherworldly entities like spirits, deities, angels, etc. Divination is like a way to help gain insight into the cryptic universe. There are many different types of divination, more than I could ever talk about in this episode. But I will give an overview of some divination methods. But first, a bit of history. We'll start with Greeks. In ancient Greece, there were oracles and seers. So both oracles and seers in ancient Greece practiced divination. So oracles were the conduits for the gods on earth. Their prophecies were understood to be the will of the gods verbatim. Because of the high demand for oracle consultations and the oracle's limited work schedule, they were really the main source of divination for the ancient Greeks. That role fell to the seers. The seers were not in direct contact with the gods. Instead, they were interpreters of signs provided by the gods. Seers used many methods to explicate the will of the gods, including flames, smoke, bird signs, etc. They were more numerous than the oracles, and they also didn't keep a limited schedule, so they were highly valued by the Greeks. Now, the disadvantage of seers was that only direct yes or no questions could be answered. Oracles could answer more generalized questions, and seers often had to perform several sacrifices in order to get the most consistent answer. For example, if a general wanted to know if the omens were proper for him to advance on the enemy, he would ask his seer both that question and if it were better for him to remain on the defensive. If the seer gave consistent answers, the advice was considered valid. Now, let's move on to a more surprising and less widely known historical representation of divination.
let you in on a little secret. Contrary to popular belief, there is divination in the Bible. Even though Deuteronomy and Leviticus can be interpreted as categorically forbidding divination, there is indeed divination practiced in the Bible. Gideon practiced divination when he used a piece of wool or fleece in Judges. He tries to predict the outcome of an important battle by communicating with God, <laughs> i.e. an oracle. And I'm going to drop some heavy knowledge right now. Two words for you. Casting lots. It is referenced in the Old Testament 70 times. And it is referenced in the New Testament 7 times. So what does it mean to cast lots? Well, we don't really know what the lots were. Just that they were cast as a guide um, for decision making at times in the Bible. Some researchers believe sticks of different lengths were used, or flat stones looked like coins. Casting lots is mentioned most during the time when the Hebrews were taking the Promised Land and were deciding which tribes would occupy what portions of land, as seen in Joshua. God told the Israelites to use the casting of lots for land division elsewhere, to discover his will for a certain situation and to decide who would have that responsibility in the temple. This is seen in Numbers, this is seen in Joshua, this is seen in First Chronicles. In the New Testament, the disciples cast lots to decide who would replace Judas as a disciple. Matthias was chosen. This is seen in Acts. It's all right there in the texts. Pretty crazy, huh? Outside of the Bible and the Greeks, there were other civilizations that used divination as well. Let's dig into that real quick. civilization that developed in pre-Columbian Mexico from the Olmecs to the Aztecs practiced divination in daily life, both in public and private. They used reflective water surfaces and mirrors or the casting of lots um, to uh, perform their divination. Visions derived from hallucinogens were another important form of divination and are still widely used amongst contemporary diviners of Mexico. The more common hallucinogenic plants used in divination are morning glory, jimson weed, and peyote. It's fascinating to see how widespread and diverse divination is, isn't it? Now, without further ado, Let's talk about some divination methods. Let's talk about some divination methods. So let's start with tarot. 
Uh, tarot is a form of cardomancy, also known as card divination, and it uses special tarot cards. Tarot cards are similar to playing cards in that they have four suits, wands, cups, swords, and coins, or pentacles. Plus it has court cards, like kings, queens, knights, and pages. But unlike the playing cards, tarot cards have 22 extra cards, including death, the devil, the lovers, the hierophant, etc. Oracle cards are another form of cardomancy. While most other types of card divination are used for fortune telling, oracle cards tend to focus mostly on giving advice. Each deck is different and each have their own guide. Ouija boards um, are another type, and although spirit boards and automatic writing can be traced back thousands of years, Ouija boards are relatively new in divination terms. Um, the Ouija boards which are famous today were patented in 1890. So, despite their short history, Ouija boards have many legends and superstitions attribu attributed to them. In popular culture, they are associated with demon conjuring, possession, and poltergeist activity. Therefore, due to their demon-attracting reputation, they are often avoided by those due to divination or especially superstitious. Uh, palmistry is another divination method, and uh, it is divination by reading someone's hand. While the earliest instances of palmistry can be dated back to India, for as long as there has been recorded history, humans have attached spiritual significance to their hands. Some of the earliest forms of art are hand stencils, after all. Uh, <clears throat> mirror scrying, especially using black obsidian mirrors, is mainly associated with Mesoamerican culture. Uh, before mirrors, scryers used bowls of water to define the future, but the use of water never went out of fashion. Water was still being used as a form of divination by the Mayans and the, Ag and the Aztecs when the Spanish invaded in the 1400s. Mirrors and water hold the same symbolic meaning for people from that region, that they act as portals to the spirit world. In modern times, Mirror scrying is practiced by diviners across the world who possess a mirror. The method behind divining using a mirror is very similar to crystal ball divination, if not the same. You can use a regular mirror, but black obsidian ones are available readily online. Runes um, and rune divination is a, prevalent, uh, is a prevalent method of divination that uses runes to predict the future or get advice. The system originated in Northern Europe, and according to Scandinavian mythology, the god Odin hung himself from the tree of uh, Yggdrasil for nine days to learn the secrets of the runes. Due to their popularity, runes are one of the most available types of divination to learn in modern times. You can also buy pretty visually appealing sets of runes made from crystals such as amethyst and quartz. Now let's talk about bones. <laughs> Osteomancy, aka bone reading divination, has seen a massive surge of interest in recent years thanks to the internet and increased interest in African traditional religions. 
perhaps one of the more ancient forms of divination to include the use of tools. Bone casting has been around for thousands of years. It has been practiced in Asia, Africa, the Americas, and everywhere in between. The symbolism of each bone used is dependent on the culture of the diviner and the traditions they follow. As a bone reader, um, and as, as bone reading is becoming popular, more and more teaching blogs and articles are springing up online, making the art easier to learn than it has been in recent years. I mean, it's you know absolutely incredible, the digital age. Uh, an ordinary pack of playing cards could actually be used for uh, divination. Many card readers read with playing cards before they move on to other methods of cardomancy, like tarot. There's a lot of information out there uh, about reading with playing cards, but it is not a simple system to master. Learning with playing cards requires a better memory than reading with other types of cards, because playing cards usually lack the artistic flair. Playing card meanings are also a bit less flexible than, say, tarot card meanings. However, don't let these points put you off. Playing card divination is fun and rewarding. I have a friend who does uh, playing card divination. Um, <clears throat> bibliomancy is, is uh, divination using books. To practice bibliomancy, all that, you need, all that you need to do is ask for guidance, open a book, and read whichever page or paragraph you feel drawn to. This is your message. Typically, you would use a, re a religious or spiritual book such as the Bible or even the Egyptian Book of the Dead. However, don't overcomplicate it. Any book will do just fine. And there are so many more divination methods out there. I mean, you could learn to read clouds, smoke, flames, cowrie shells, tea leaves, crystals, so many things. Find the divination method that you like and works best for you. Study it, learn it, believe in yourself and your intuition. You'll do great. Priestess out.